Welcome in to the Blitz and Bucket Show. My name is Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by my fellow podcaster, Jaden Kozak. And uh, we're doing this episode today virtually, which is the first time. We've been together for our past two meetings, but I did the big move off to college, so we're going to start doing our stuff virtually. And it'll be a little different, but we'll stick with it, and we'll be able to put this out weekly. And yeah, with that, I think we should just get straight into it. So yesterday, big NBA matchup. We had the Bucks versus the Lakers. And Lakers pulled that one out, 113 to 106. And I think the biggest storyline of that game, LeBron. LeBron yeah. looked absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I, I agree for sure. I don't know how they look in the West now. I mean, obviously the whole league's been shaken up with Brooklyn, right? Because, you know, Lakers were the favorite now. They were. Now people are talking about Brooklyn. But Brooklyn looking kind of suspect so far too. But uh, the Bucks, I still think that they need some – I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it because it's not defense. I, don't, I can't tell if it's shooting or is it Giannis. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. You know, I don't know what it is. But it's something that they're missing. To get them into that, you know, title favorite category. I just don't think they're there right now. Definitely. Definitely. I agree. I mean, that loss puts them at nine and six. Uh, They're sitting at third in the East now behind Indiana, who's looked really strong so far. And uh, the Sixers, who have looked phenomenal. And as of this recording, they just beat the Celtics. And they're going strong. They're going strong. And Indiana will eventually start to simmer down, I don't think. I think so, but. The thing is, you know, Levert wishing for the best with everything that's going on with him. But uh, if they can get him back in a timely fashion, they could make some noise in the East. I really do think that they can make some noise. I, so I don't too. know if they're in the upper echelon of, you know, your Brooklyn, your Bucks, Sixers. But I think they could beat like maybe like a Boston or somebody like that. I think they could, you know, give somebody a fight in the second round. Right. I agree. I just don't know when Karis LeVert is going to be back. I mean, the reports have not been promising. I mean, it's sounding like it could be a year-long thing. We just don't know. So we'll see what happens there, but you can't doubt how the Sixers are looking so far. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm really happy with the way they've looked. Simmons tonight was uh, very well, played very well, especially coming down the stretch. He looked aggressive, which is how all everyone in Philadelphia has wanted him to play. Because, I mean, when you're that big, you're usually being guarded by a guard. Why not go attack the basket? And, you know, when you can attack the basket, that makes everybody else open, which is what you do best is drive and kick and stuff. But if you're not being aggressive, getting to the basket, why would a defender leave their man to come help on you? Right. Right. And Bede is looking – I mean, he's got to be the MVP favorite right now. Yeah, definitely. It's great to see that because he's taken so much criticism for so long. So and the conversation was always happy. close between him and Simmons, you know, yeah. like who was the who better should guy. you keep? Yeah, right. Exactly. Because both of them were being talked about in trades and some people were on Joel's side. Some people were on Ben's side, you know, but I think Joel's starting to set him apart. Now let's dive closer, take a closer look into the Bucks and Lakers game. As I said, LeBron, phenomenal game. He finished with 34 points eight assists and six rebounds in 38 minutes, 38 minutes at his age. I mean, it's insane. So impressive. And the Bucks looked like they were, might've had a chance towards the end. I mean, they played down for most of the game, if not all of the game. And 
you thought they were starting to climb back in it towards the very end, but with that, LeBron just hits a three yeah. basically from the logo. And it, it looked like one of those those shots where he would look at the ball first and he's just like and right. just throws it in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was feeling it. He was feeling it all night. Some, I mean, the Bucks. I, I agree with you. I, you can't really put a finger on what's going on there because, I mean, their big three looks, if you can call it a big three, yeah. of Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Giannis. I mean, in that game, they all finished with over 20 points. Yeah. Giannis with 25, Chris Middleton with 20, and Chris Middleton's looked really good this year. And Drew Holiday with 22. So you can't really put a finger on what's going on there, but something's happening. Now, the Lakers don't quite have the same problem. They are going crazy this year. That win puts them at 12-4. and They're first in the West. They're first in the league. And they're 8-0 on the road. Just absolutely phenomenal. And LeBron and AD, they're doing their usual LeBron's averaging 24.4 points per game, 7.6 assists, and 7.8 rebounds per game. And AD's looking pretty similar there, 21.1 points per game, 3.6 assists per game, and 9 rebounds per game. So besides that, on the stat sheet, not a lot of players on the Lakers stand out. I think Montrez Harrell has looked pretty good this year so far. They've got a lot of guys that could give you – points when you need them give they've got a lot of guys that play their role very well and that's why they're such a good team because when you have a superstar two superstars like LeBron and AD when you have guys that all play their role and they play it to perfection that's going to win you a lot of games right agreed agreed and I think you got a point there because you look at a guy like Dennis Schroeder not crazy stats so far this year but he looks good he's he just fits well there you know speaking of talented teams in the NBA today we have the Nets who have looked pretty solid with, I mean, Harden's looked great since arriving in Brooklyn. But, I mean, they've looked pretty – there's not a huge sample size there. There's not not a lot to judge. The I game, feel like it's going to be – yeah. I feel like it's going to be hard to get them all three together almost. Like that's going to be a problem because, right. you know, Katie's still nursing an Achilles injury. Like he's not – he looks 100%, but that's still there. We don't know what's going on with Kyrie. Harden's going to rest. Like, it's going to be really tough to get all three of those guys playing the same night. And our one game that we've gotten was against Cleveland, and it was a very good game. But I I don't know. I was very interested. I was trying to watch very closely to see who gets the important shots. You know, who gets those ISO buckets when there's 30 seconds left? And, you know, what do you do? Who gets the ball? And there was – it was much of the same that happened in Houston, actually. Harden got it a lot. I noticed that, and Kyrie sat in the corner, and KD sat in the corner. Right. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work moving forward. I also don't know how it's going to work without a true center. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they can have KD, Harden, Kyrie, and then Jeff Green and Joe Harris as shooters in the corners with those three doing whatever they want to do, it could be scary. But they can't, they can't guard a park car. Right. Colin Sexton, I don't think Colin Sexton missed a shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's just unfortunate. You know, like, it's not every day that Colin Sexton's going to go off for crazy amounts, you know. Yeah. So, talented player, but that's not going to happen. I think there's no questions about each player's talent and their condition right now. All of them are playing great. Now, I've got some stats. 
Harden has averaged 26 and a half points in the four games since arriving in Brooklyn. KD is averaging 36 points per game in three games played with Harden. That's almost OKC for him, if not better, you know. And Kyrie's small sample size, but he put up 37 and 38 in his two games with Harden. Now, all three of them together, Harden sort of underwhelmed, you know, and they did end up losing to Cleveland. So they lost to they're all in, too. Right. They're all in great form. I don't think there's any question about the talent, but like you were saying, it's just them learning how to play together with each other. And not every one of them is going to put up those numbers that they've put up. So somebody's got to sacrifice something. And it's it looked a little bit like Harden early on, but I mean he is a new arrival. So We'll see how it goes. We'll see. Harden totally has to earn it. Right. Right. Agreed. So with that, let's move on to some football. Some big free agency news, if you want to call it free agency news this week. We've got Dwayne Haskins leaving my Washington football team and heading over to Jaden's Pittsburgh Steelers. So what are your thoughts on that move? I like it as a low-risk, medium-reward move. I, I think that he won't be – he's obviously not going to be a starter next year unless something crazy happens with Big Ben, which he does decide to retire. Then we have to make that decision then. But he, is, he was signed to be a backup. He's signed to compete for that backup spot with Mason Rudolph. But he's somebody that I think – the talent's there, right? You saw it at Ohio State. You've seen flashes of it. I'm sure you've seen flashes of it. But that organization, I felt like, didn't want him. Rivera didn't really like him. Front office didn't really like him. Tomlin obviously wanted him there. I saw, I think it was last week, when Haskins signed with Tomlin's agent. I was like, I, I have a feeling about this. I think it's going to happen. And I'm not too upset about it because of the fact that there was no draft capital given up. There was no big money thrown around. He was, you know, one-year, two-year deal. Very low money. Right. Yeah, it's, low it's no risk. risk. Yeah, and he's still he's still in the early parts of his career. I mean, he's what twenty four. Yeah, you know, there's still a lot of football to be played, and the talent. Now, I will say, Ohio State's offensive line. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks can sit there behind that line and throw for stats like that. Yeah. So, it, I don't know. I I'm just so doubtful about Haskins now which is crazy to believe because I was the biggest Haskins promoter. I mean, we drafted him early that year and I was so stoked to finally, I thought that was our franchise guy and didn't look so hot in the few games that he played early on in his career. And coming into this year, I took that and I said, we should just let the guy play. This is probably a throwaway year and we should let him get the experience and just play it out, figure it out. And he did that for the first couple games. And then they pulled him, Ron Rivera pulled him. And I was very upset. And Ron Rivera was quoted in saying, Hey, we still still have a shot in this division. Might it be a bad division, but we still have a shot in this division and we're going to play the quarterback that gives us the best chance to win. And I just couldn't understand that because it was so early on in the year. I didn't even see us making the playoffs. I mean, not close. You could, nobody could have predicted what happened with the NFC East this year. So 
I was mad. And then Haskins comes into that Carolina game, and it was literally Rivera just proving to everyone who still had faith in Dwayne Haskins that he is not ready to play NFL quarterback. And he came into that game, and I I saw the news that he was going to start that week, and I was like, let's go, finally. And totally, totally got abolished by Carolina. It was terrible. One of the worst quarterback performances I've ever seen. And my faith in Dwayne Haskins was just lost. So enjoy Dwayne Haskins. We'll hand him over. I will. Kindly. And best of luck to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So more news this week. We've got Deshaun Watson buzz. Now, we didn't cover a lot about Deshaun last week, but he wants out of Houston. He hasn't officially declared that he wants to be traded, but I think it's pretty clear that he wants out of Houston. I think the situation might be getting a little better. How do you think uh, the Texans interviewing Eric Bieniemy affects his decision? I, I feel like it's a little too little too late. You know, really? I think that the relationship has already been tarnished. The bridge has already been burned. They had the chance to interview him, didn't. I don't know if it was out of spite. I don't know if it was out of scheme fit or whatever, but he wanted him and they didn't even give him an interview. And I mean, that's your franchise guy. That's the only guy, you know, outside of JJ Watt that should have any kind of front office say, and you'd close the door on him. I don't think he took very kindly to that. And after he showed his loyalty last offseason to a failing franchise, you know, you kind of got to give him something. So I I give him every right to want to leave. I understand it fully. Mm hmm. Me too. Me too. And he does not want to waste his career with the Texans. I mean, look at a guy like Matt Stafford, who extremely talented quarterback, still doing it today. And he just wasted his career away in Detroit. And you don't want to see, I think Deshaun Watson is a lot more talented than Matt Stafford is. And I mean, Matt Stafford, talented quarterback, but Deshaun Watson is really something special. And it'd be a shame to watch him waste his years in Houston. And I think with the disrespect from the front office, I think he's starting to realize, hey, I can really put my years to work, you know. So let's cover some likely destinations. Now, before the podcast, we both picked a likely destination for Deshaun. We picked a best fit or where we think he's going to be most successful for Deshaun and a dark horse candidate for us both. So, Jaden, uh you take it away. So my likely destination, I believe, is going to be the Jets because they've got the most draft capital. They've got the cap space to bring him in and start building around him. You know, they've got picks to send there. They've got picks to build around him with, and you're putting him in New York. I think they might go after, you know, if they were to get to Sean Watson, then they start looking at a Juju. They start looking at an Allen Robinson. They start looking at one of those guys to pair with him because, I mean, there was hope towards the end of the season that this team can start winning kind of like how Miami was last year where like they looked horrible through the first half of the season and then ended up being like seven and nine to obviously to a lesser extent as the Jets were two and 14 but there was hope towards the end of the year yeah definitely and I think the Jets have some pieces you know I think Jameson Crowder is a really talented guy he was in Washington and I loved him he was great so I think they've got some pieces, but I don't know. I, There's a lot I, of work to do. Right. And personally, I don't see the Jets passing on Trevor Lawrence. They I just can. don't. They're, they're a two. They're a two. Right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Gosh, 
I'm like, I was you so set on, yeah, I was like so set on the Jets getting Lawrence that like, to, but yeah, I mean, they do have the best draft capital and I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point. Gosh, that was so silly. I was just like so locked in about the Jets being so bad. It's been in our minds for the last three years. Right, right. Them getting Trevor Lawrence, but you know, looking like it's going to be Jacksonville. Unless Urban Meyer pulls some crazy stunt and ends up going with Fields as Ohio State boy, but that's neither here nor there. So I'll go with my likely destination now. I think it's Miami. I think Miami is one of those teams that makes the most sense just because the Jets are not one one piece away. You know, I think Miami is just about one piece away from being a really talented team. Um, they were on the edge of play. I mean, they're already super talented. They were on the edge of the playoffs this year. And Tua just, Tua and Fitz not, I mean, they were serviceable. They looked really good in some games, but you put a guy like Deshaun Watson in there, I think that's a 13-win team. Do you think that's too crazy to say? That's that's bold. I mean, that's it's definitely a good team, but especially first year, they've still got some holes to fill out. Right. I think they also won a few games that they may, you know, probably shouldn't have won. And they yeah, and their the offensive play. weapons don't go too far beyond Devontae yeah. Parker. Yeah. You know, and that's not that's not too great in itself. So right, you just look at the what like gets me excited about the ideas. You just look at the record this year. You know, they were right on the edge of playoffs, and the Jets obviously were not on the edge of playoffs. And that's without a sure quarterback. With you know, they bring in Fitz then. After Fitz finishes the games, they say Tua's starting next week, and then Fitz finishes again. Like, they had no stability there at all. Right. Right. So, let's move on to our best fits slash where we think Deshaun will be most successful. And we'll start with you. I think that's got to be New Orleans. I think that that – I mean, obviously that team was, what, 12-4, and 13-3. and You know, was one game away from an NFC championship. And you plug in Deshaun Watson – who's at this point in his career a lot better than Drew Brees was this past year. Not to mention that they had so many injury problems this year. I believe it was through like the first 14 or 15 weeks, Michael Thomas, Kamara, and Drew Brees had only played 104 snaps together. Like they, they were never able to get it right. That defense played super well all year. All they had guys that, you know, people had never like Trey Hendrickson came completely out of nowhere so I obviously think that if you put Deshaun Watson in there with Michael Thomas and Kamara and all those weapons that they have, I think they're the favorite in the NFC almost immediately. Yeah, I agree. You got to feel bad for Saints fans. Uh, I mean, they just like they have this ton of talent and they just can't get it past that to the Super Bowl and take one away. I mean, Breeze does have a Super Bowl win, but – I mean, they just are good year after year, and they just can't get over that hump. It's a bummer to see. But, I mean, if Deshaun ends up there looking pretty solid for the Saints' Super Bowl hopes. Now, we'll go with my best fit slash where I think he'll be most successful. And I'm going to go with the 49ers. I think the 49ers offer a lot of weapons there. I think you got George Kittle. You got, I mean, top two tight end in the league. And if he was playing, he probably would have been toe-to-toe with Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, amazing year. But I think if 
Kittle had a fully healthy season, he would have been toe-to-toe there. And you got Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, who are two great young receivers. And Brandon Ayuk has looked phenomenal this past year. And I think he's just going to get better and better. And if you put a guy like Deshaun in there, and not to mention the defense that you have there, yeah. you have a phenomenal defense. We'll see how Salah leaving there affects their yeah. defense, but you still got the talent for a great defense there. I mean, so. that's a Super Bowl team just a year ago. So. Right, right. And you got Shanahan, who is somewhat of a quarterback guru, but he's a great coach nonetheless. And I think if you put him in San Francisco, I think that's I think they win that division. I think they win that division. I agree. And that's the toughest division in football. So would see a one to go with 15 wins, but that's, that's That's very outlandish. I think 13, 13, I think 13 is with Deshaun Watson plugged in there and everything goes right. Like nobody gets hurt. They stay healthy. Cause that was their problem this year. They had so many injury problems beginning of the year, like all season long, it was a different injury every other week. They lose Bosa in the beginning of the year. They lose Garoppolo for more than half the season, Kittle for more than half the season. Like they could not stay healthy and they're playing, you know, three, two playoff teams and a 500 team twice a year. Right. What's your uh, record outlook on the saints with Deshaun Watson? 13 and three, 14 and two. I mean, that's, what, three, that's about what they were last – or this year, 13-3, and 12-4, and four, and you make an upgraded quarterback like that. Right. Nothing but good things there. So, a couple of other teams that I want – well, let's cover our dark horses first. So, you go ahead with your dark horse. I think my dark horse is one that, like, hasn't been talked about a whole lot, but I've seen it, obviously, just because of the hole that they had at quarterback, and that's Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater was – something that the Panthers fans that I've seen were not very happy with this year. Granted, they didn't have McCaffrey for all but two to three games this year. Who's a huge factor in the passing game. Yeah. Huge. But they've got DJ Moore, who is beginning to come around. Robbie Anderson, who had a breakout year this year. Right. Curtis Samuel started playing very well towards the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Got a few good linemen. The defense is young. They've got Derek Brown, Chin, Dante Jackson, that team. The defense – is young and it's growing and it's getting better. And if you plug a Deshaun Watson in there, I think that that team, especially with the saints, you know, granted they don't get Deshaun Watson, the saints team has got to start looking down. They're going to start falling apart. Tampa Bay doesn't have too many more years competing for playoff appearances. And Atlanta is in cap hell and is pretty much trapped there for as long as Matt Ryan and Julio Jones there. So they can make a run at that division with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. They've got draft capital send. They've got the eighth pick this year. They can make that move. Right. I just – I know it's our dark horse candidates here. I just don't see them giving up on Bridgewater this early. They paid him big. They paid him big to be their quarterback. And like you said, they're going to get a whole another year of McCaffrey, full year next year, hopefully. And they he's got the weapons there. I. I feel like he can figure it out, and I feel like the Panthers aren't about to give up on him that early. But that's why they're dark horse candidates, you know. So my pick's Indianapolis. This is kind of like a shotgun pick because uh, the Phillip Rivers retirement news, obviously very recent. And I'm a big – like Miami, 
my thought process is similar. Indianapolis is one of those teams that is just a couple pieces away. I mean, they made the playoffs and they gave the Bills a hell of a run with Phillip Rivers at quarterback. So I think if you put Deshaun in that situation, I think it looks good. I think it looks great in Indianapolis. Is phenomenal. Right. He showed a lot this year. I think he looks he looks a lot like Nick Chubb mm-hmm. to me as far as running the ball goes, running style. He looks a lot like Nick Chubb, so he has a very, very bright future. Right. And there's no doubts in that defense either. So the Indianapolis defense was solid all year and they'll carry that if they have Deshaun. So now is it likely? Probably not. But right. That's why they're dark horse. Couple other destinations that I just want to touch on real quick. Washington, a possible destination. I would love to Sean in Washington as a fan myself. But you put him, and I think we'll do a lot better than we did this year. But is it one of his better fits? I just don't think so. I don't think the offensive weapons are there. I think the only guys you have are, or the only guys we have is Terry and Logan Thomas, who, I mean, has looked really good this year, but, I mean, he's 29 now. He's just going to – he'll be 30 next year or this year. So getting older there. I mean, you got J.D. McKissick, who was one of our – yeah, I mean, Gibson. I mean, Gibson is going to be our running back for the future unless anything changes. So I have confidence there. But as far as the throwing options, I don't think there's a lot. I think you put a superstar with that defense, then I, I don't see how they don't win more than 10 games. I mean, there are a lot more teams that are going to I think they win more than 10 games. Oh, yeah, definitely. They, are, they probably have better receiving weapons than Miami does. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's – I mean, you think Giuseppe – Pretty even. Yeah. Yeah, Giuseppe and Devontae Parker, I mean, that's pretty – well aligned with and they don't have to deal with the bills in their division so right so well let's move on from the deshaun watson talk and we'll see how all that plays out it'll be very interesting to see so let's move on to some divisional recap so first on the docket we have the packers and the rams final score in that game packers came away with the win 32 to 18 And it seemed like the Packers had that pretty handily throughout the game. The penalties early on for the Rams, brutal, brutal. There were two personal fouls, one of them from Aaron Donald, who you can, you cannot have that from your veteran player committing personal fouls in a playoff game. And that drive in which the personal foul was committed leads to a touchdown. You cannot have that happen. And it wasn't like some ticky tack foul either. Aaron Donald took him by the face mask and was shaking him. It's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be a role model for these players, and you're in a playoff game. Boy, I just don't understand that. And there was another personal foul that led to another Green Bay touchdown. And by then, it was, I mean, once you got two Green Bay touchdowns, uh, they didn't even really have to work for. You just kind of. I think a lot of the talk coming into that game was how well they looked against Seattle especially against the past. And the thing was a lot of stuff's going to happen, going to have to happen for the Rams to win. And one of those things was holding Aaron Rodgers 
in a cell, like keeping Devontae Adams strapped down, not letting any of the other guys get loose. And they kind of faltered on that. They, they weren't able to do that. And that was pretty much their only key to victory is their offenses can only do so much. And they weren't able to do that. And that's why they lost. Right. One thing that I thought was interesting, though, Rams come in, like you were saying, top defense in the league. They're the best passing defense in the league by a mile. But Green Bay, their solution to that, they went to the ground game. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and A.J. Dillon all got involved. Aaron Jones finished with 99 rushing yards and a touchdown. Jamal Williams finished with 65 yards rushing. And A.J. Dillon finished with 27 yards rushing. And they're all really talented running backs. So we got a peek at them. And you haven't seen a lot of them because their passing offense has just been so violent this year that we just forget that they have really talented running backs. And A.J. Dillon's and right, exactly, exactly. And that's the scary thing about Green Bay. When they're proven maybe not to have a great passing game, they could just go to the run. And not to mention their defense looked great in that game. They had four sacks in this past game against the Rams. And granted, the Rams not going to put up that much of a fight, but I had concerns with the passing or the rushing, no. Pass rush. The pa- yes, pass rush. Thank you for helping me find the word. But um, I had concerns with their pass rush, and they kind of proved they just looked really good to me. And they had four sacks in that game. There, obviously, there's no questions in the secondary. They've allowed seventh least passing yards during the regular season. They've got big names. They've got Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage. I mean, their secondary is phenomenal. And I didn't realize how much talent was on that defense until like sitting down. They got Jair, they got Amos, they've got Preston and Zadarius Smith, they've got Kenny Clark. They're like, there are a lot of big names on that right. defense that just completely slipped my mind because all you can think about is, you know, Rodgers, right. Devontae Adams. Like, that is a very, very talented team. Yeah, exactly. I just, the, you would assume with a team like with that kind of offense, their defense just wouldn't be that great, but it looks good. It looks awesome. So, really scary Super Bowl candidates coming up. Now, we move on to our next game on the docket. We have the Bills and the Ravens. Our final score in that game, 17-3, to Bills take it away. Now, I think a lot of the – I mean, the game was 3-3 three to three at the end of the first half. I think a lot of that can be contributed to the wind. Three to wind. miss field goals. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of that can be attributed to the wind. Another note for that game, Stefan, another monster game. Eight catches, 106 yards, and a touchdown. He just doesn't quit. He's just going to quit. And as Maryland guys ourselves, we love to see that. We love to see that. Now, heated debate in our Fantasy League group chats and amongst all of ourselves – after in the midst of that game and after that game, is Lamar a good passer or is he not a good passer? Now, my argument now, before I even look at any stats, you watch a Ravens game, right? If you just watch the game, every pass that Lamar completes to his receivers, it they either have to come back for or it is a complete and absolute duck. And if it's not one of those two, he's going to miss them. He is not going to hit them. I just, you can just take that away 
from watching the football games. Now, in that game, 162 yards passing and an INT. The interception came after the play before that interception. He missed a wide-open Hollywood Brown in the end zone. And keep in mind, he was on the 10-yard line. So it's not like he's tossing it 30 yards down the field. And it's he has 10 to 3 at that point as well. Right. And he was wide open in the end zone, misses him. Next play, pick six, takes the Ravens completely out of the game. And by that point, I was like, I mean, my point's made. I don't, I don't have to argue. Now, a lot of Ravens fans want to say that it's the offensive line. Lamar can't pass the ball. He's pressured too much. And, I mean, I beg to differ. The Ravens have allowed the 14th most sacks in the league. I mean, that's more towards middle of the pack. And I think that among- can be mostly attributed, though, to Lamar's ability to get out and escape the I pocket. I agree. Yep. Okay. Now, among quarterbacks, now take the sacks out. I agree with you there. He is very good at avoiding sacks. So, and, well, he's good at getting out of the pocket and then getting sacked. But among quarterbacks, he's 18th in percentage of dropbacks pressured. Among all quarterbacks, active quarterbacks in the NFL, he's 18th in the percentage of dropbacks that he is pressured. That is not high. That's not top 10. That's not even top 15. That's 18th out of 32 I, teams in the NFL. I'd imagine that a lot of the teams that are in front of them in pressures are not playoff teams, and they don't have top-end quarterbacks. The only one that you can maybe say is there is probably Deshaun Watson. Right. But – Yes, I will I will grant you. He is probably a below average passer. But he wouldn't have won MVP if he wasn't if he was completely inadequate, could not do anything passing the ball, he wouldn't have won MVP last year. Cuz they didn't he didn't run everything in. Yeah, it just like I mean, you can't doubt that he won MVP last year and he looked yeah. great. He looked phenomenal. And that's why he won MVP, but this year it's just Every play that he goes to pass, I just cringe because it's just you can tell just by watching the game that he's not a great passer. And I think your argument's sound. If you're going to tell me he's he's a good football player, he's very good at what he does. I think he is higher in the football player rankings than he is in the quarterback. I'd say he's probably a top eight NFL player, and I'm not even sure if I can call him a top eight quarterback, which is weird to say, and I know it sounds weird coming out of my mouth but if you sit there and dissect it and think about it it makes sense right now top eight passing quarterback i think well ugh. player that plays I, the back position yeah like, you got to take all that and to what account. Like, offer. kyler murray would be a lot farther down the list too then because kyler murray is our is just as bad if not worse of passer than lamar is yeah but uh I watched those Arizona games, and Kyler just Kyler looks like a quarterback. Lamar looks like a third-string quarterback who has the legs of a gazelle. I just he just looks terrible, and I mean the stats prove it. The, 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 he just I don't know. And stats prove it. Then he won MVP last year as solely a third-string quarterback, year, which is fairly impressive. Year. Which is fairly impressive. We're talk- he did win MVP last year, but he lost in the playoffs first game. And I don't even have to look at the stats to attribute that to him just not being a passing quarterback. Did, and- he, not, did he not play well against Tennessee? 
because he played very well against Tennessee. He didn't play that bad against Buffalo either. The passing yards or the passing in general that Lamar gets is because teams will anticipate the run and they'll lightly cover the pass. And it's going to be play action. And I just like Tannehill is bad also because bad. If if it's because of name a 300 yard three touchdown game that Lamar has had this past year. I will probably be able to find it somewhere. But if the entire defense is selling out to stop the run, which they do with the Titans and Derrick Henry, same way that they would do with Lamar or whoever is running the ball in that option, then the passing stats are worthless is what you're saying if they're all selling out to stop the run. So then Tannehill is not good either. I think Tannehill's a whole of a lot better passer. Lamar I mean, is. yeah, but what I'm saying, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, you can't just say because if the defense is selling right. out to stop the run, then it takes away all of the passer. Right. Yeah. I get that. I get that. I just, if you're trying to tell me that he's a good passer, you're incorrect. I just, I'm I not can't. saying he's a good passer. I'm saying that he is a great football player and I would take him on my team any day of the week. Okay. Okay. So, would you take a guy like Lamar who, Below average passer, but obviously is gifted in many other ways. Would you tie? Hey, let's play a little name game here. Would you rather have Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson on your team? Ultimately, I think I'd rather have Josh Allen. Gotcha. But th- that list of names that of guys that I'd rather have over Lamar probably is Deshaun Watson. Well, not in order, but Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. As if we're playing a game tomorrow, Tom Brady. And that's probably it. Right. Okay. Hmm. I'm just trying to think of like. Now, how about passing ability? Who do you passing think? Passing ability, I'd say there are probably 20-ish quarterbacks in the NFL that could throw the yeah. ball better than him. I agree. But I agree. nobody can do it. No, Nobody in history. I know like there's a lot of nostalgia around Vic. Nobody in NFL history can do what he does with his legs. Yeah. I think we could just leave it at that. I mean, I think I'm not hating on Lamar. I'm just hating on his passing ability. I think I agree with you. He's a top 10 player in this league, and he's very good at what he does. I just – I don't think he can lead a Super Bowl. I don't think he can win a Super Bowl with the, his play style. I just – I don't I think I'm so. not – yeah. And it's been evident because he did win a playoff game, but – his playoff success is doesn't have a great track record. So, and in playoff football, you need to you need to be a passing quarterback. You you can't just commit to one thing. And he's not going to be able to win the last game of the season like that. So, anyway, let's move on. We've got Saints and Bucks. Not much to recap in this game. I will say, it's difficult to beat a team three times in a year. We both picked the Saints in this game because they beat them twice in the regular season, but it's it's very difficult to beat a team three times in the year. couple stat takeaways for this game. Tom Brady finishes with 199 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Nothing too spectacular. That Saints defense is pretty, pretty solid. Did a great job on Mike Evans once again. Lattimore does not let up on that man. It is nonstop for Mike Evans. I, 
I just hate to be Mike Evans and just have that one player just have a constant up on me. He's just he's just better. Like at that point, you just got to be like, you're just better, and that sucks. Playing at that as high as a level as Mike Evans does, like you can't believe that any corner is able to cover you. But I mean, he must be shaking in his boots every time he hears that man's name. Anyway. The Bucks rushing, hitting in stride. Now, they acquired Fournette later on in the year, and their rushing game wasn't – it was like they would either rock with Ronald Jones or – I mean, it was a majority of Ronald Jones. Yeah. And you didn't see both guys a lot. Mm-hmm. But in this game, Fournette finishes with 17 carries, 63 yards rushing, 44 yards receiving and a receiving touchdown. And you think with that kind of stat line, Ronald Jones wouldn't be involved at all, but he finished with 13 carries and 62 yards. So it's almost looking Browns esque that Bucks running game. Yeah. And which is kind of scary because they've, we already know the talent offensively. So if they can get that running game really starting to go in uh, now, there's not many games left in the season. You know. I think, I think AB being out is going to be a lot more important than people think it is because you know really? when when you have all those guys having one guy taken out just gives you a little bit more life because that's one less guy you got to play for like one less guy you got to plan for you've got right. you have to obviously you got to plan for Evans you got to plan for Godwin you've obviously got to plan for Brady but like you having him taken out is definitely something that's going to help Green Bay because it's it's one less guy. Right. So, last game to recap, we have the Chiefs and the Browns. And all I'll say about this, couple notes. The Chiefs did not look like the Chiefs in this game. Yeah. Well, they started out hot. They started out, you know, that was one thing that we both talked about was a concern was, you know, off of 21 days of not playing, you know, full speed contact football, how do you look? When, you, when you're a team that plays off momentum as much as Kansas City does, how do you look when you haven't played in that long against a team that is so fired up after the week before that? And they came out and they proved everyone that thought that that was going to be a problem wrong. They came out and punched them right in the mouth early. And then Mahomes goes down. And mm-hmm. that was one thing where I was like, how does this happen? Where every – like, granted there was a play where – Cleveland dove into the end zone. There was a helmet-to-helmet hit that wasn't called, and the ball fell out of the back of the end zone. It was a touchback Kansas City ball. That really, really hurts your chances to win. But when you are you know, playing Kansas City, you're petrified of Patrick Mahomes, and if he goes down, you've got to do everything you possibly can to win that game because he's out now. You have not no excuse, but that that's your issue, and now he's gone. Right. So you, you've got to win that. I don't know how – you don't win that game. How do you not capitalize on that? But I think Browns I think there's the a little. I think there's a little salt there. I don't think there in is. the aggressive if, if, attack of Cleveland. If say Baltimore was up in that Buffalo game and Lamar goes out, I'm saying the same thing. How do you, how do you not capitalize on a superstar like that going down? Right. How do you not win that game? I agree, and it's not like you're throwing in some guy who's like you don't you can't anticipate for it's it's Chad Henney. He's yeah. been in this league. As long as I can remember. Yeah. You know? And who cares? It's Chad Henney. Just. Right. Like, yeah. 
Exactly. Now that Mahomes hits, it it didn't look like that yeah. like crazy of a health helmet, like that sort of thing. But That's that man got up stumbling. Yeah. He was I don't even know if he knew where he was, and he was stumbling going into the locker room. He was like, it it looks it looked bad. He's supposed to be healthy this week. But. I was I was shocked that he made it. I mean, obviously, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes, so push him as fast as you possibly can through concussion protocol. But I was kind of shocked that he was going to play. I heard, I believe it was Cowherd say that the NFL should push back the Chiefs game to ensure that Patrick Mahomes plays, which I thought was ridiculous yeah like ridiculous yeah why right yeah violate all the rules ever made in football just so that we can see patrick hopes would play that's ridiculous i agree so with that let's move on to the conference championships and our picks for these games to start us off we've got the bucks at the packers the packers are favored by three and a half points and I'm taking the Packers in this one. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm, I'm beginning to lean. When the playoffs started, the Packers were like my, you know what, let's do something different. Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. And the more and more I begin to watch them play, and granted Kansas City did not have Mahomes for the second half, it, it's beginning to come to fruition where I think it's going to happen. Like I, I truly believe it. And to, this week is going to be another tough test for them. Obviously, you know, the pass defense of the Rams versus their passing offense was a big thing, and they broke right through that wall pretty easily. Right. Now you're playing a team that's coming in. You know, they're obviously riding the momentum of winning out – not winning out, but winning a lot coming into the playoffs. And they've got Brady behind them. we got Brady versus Rodgers probably for the last time. Mm-hmm. You know, because Brady does, obviously doesn't – He's not going to be able left. to compete at this yeah. high of a level for too much yeah. longer. Now, if I want to make – I'm taking the Packers, just to be absolutely positively clear. But if I were to make a case for the Bucs winning this game, there is a couple things. The rush might prove a problem for the Packers. They've been suspect all year against the run. And last week, they allowed 90 yards and a touchdown to Cam Akers, who is a really solid back. But allowing 90 yards and a touchdown, that's pretty solid – from care makers and not that great a performance by the defense, but granted that was the only Rams offense yeah. that they, they can get going. So, but the, I mean, the rush defense has been suspect all year yeah. and the Bucks rushing looked great last week. Also the Bucks have the best rushing defense in the league. So Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon won't have near a week that they had this past. But I don't think that will prove much of a problem for Green Bay because they only went to the run because they had to. Yeah, because and, they didn't give the ball to Aaron Rodgers. And right. if, that's, if that's your game plan is to give <laughs> the ball to Aaron Rodgers and see what happens, you're going to lose. Right. Great. Watch that boy go. Yeah. So Packers in that one. Then we have the Bills and the Chiefs for the AFC Championship. The Chiefs are favored by three. And as much I've been riding the Bills, I picked them last week. I love the Bills to death. But I come on, man, pick them. Pick them. I got no. I got to bet with the head, not the heart here. 
and I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs. But this game is won and lost handily by the health of Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes is out, it is a absolute massacre. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he made it through concussion protocol today, so I'm 95% sure he's active. Yeah, and yeah, since it was, he, he yeah. will be active. But what I'm saying is if he isn't 100%, yeah. You know. Well, that's the that is, I, I mean, if you can call it the good thing about it being a concussion is it's not like it's a leg or right. you know shoulder or elbow or something where you've got to not put him on a minutes restriction. I mean, basketball term, but you know, limit his throws or limit his dropbacks in the pocket or something like that. It's just something where you're either good or you're not. Right. And I think he should be fine if he's made it all the way through concussion protocol. I'm not going to question those. Yeah, and they're pretty strict about the concussion yeah. protocol. Yeah. So that's why I was really surprised that he made it through this. I was like, there is no way that he makes it through concussion protocol in a week. I've watched players miss a month for a concussion. Right. Right. So, yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. As long as Mahomes looks absolutely healthy, I'm taking the Chiefs. I, I wish the Bills didn't have to play the Chiefs because I would pick them in my Super Bowl. But it is what it is, you know. I, I just think that Chiefs offense poses a lot of problems for the Bills defense. Like they can they – can, obviously the Chiefs offense can beat you in 100 different ways. But the Chiefs defense is a very underrated part of that team because nobody ever talks about them when you've got – Yeah, Kelsey, they've got, got a top 14 passing Mahomes. defense. Yeah, I mean they're 14th best in the league against a pass. So they might be able to have an answer for Stefan. Yeah. But I mean, we were talking about it before the show. We don't really know who they would put on him in a man. I, I doubt they yeah. man him. They're probably going to, you know, shade over top of him, zone run or use the zone a lot against him because he, while he is a very good route runner, he's going to be able to, you know, make plays. You can't put a, you know, Sneed or a young guy like that on him because they don't have a top end corner. That's one of the only holes in their defense is that they don't have a top end corner right. to put on a guy like that. Yeah. But they do have Tyron Matthew, you know, he's, he's a difference maker, but I don't think he'll play much of a factor himself against Stefan. but, and not to mention the bills have a suspect defense, you know, so the chiefs and if the chiefs have proved anything, they can put up a lot of points against a suspect defense. So, but the one formula to beating Kansas City is you can't you can't go in with a great defense and expect to stop them because you won't. If you have an offense that can put up enough points against them to try and outscore them, then you may have a chance. Right, and that is the Bills. I think besides the Packers, they're the most efficient offense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, I think it'll be a great game. I can't wait to watch I hope it. So. I've felt like a lot of these games should have been a lot more high scoring, a lot more exciting. Like the Bills Ravens, I thought that was going to be like, like eighty combined points and three to three at halftime. Like so disappointing. I'm just praying that one of these matchups with these four extremely high powered offenses, one of these games has to be a barn burner. Right. We need a barn burn. Yes. We need a barn burner in this playoffs. So. With that, I think that just about does it. So we'll put out another episode next week, and we'll continue to do this virtually. As we've said many times before, we're on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. And 
This should, as of the recording right now, we're in the early hours of the morning on Saturday, but I'll put it out right after this and you guys can give it a listen. So thank you so much. And we will see you next week.